0: I've been reporting on Francis for a long time now, or so it feels. I've seen him say ambiguous things that seem pretty Catholic. I've seen him say things that sound unambiguously modernist, and I've seen him do things that clearly point to his being partnered with the Beast. But things have been different lately. As of late, we've witnessed a lot of digs at traditional Catholics. To be sure, he's done this numerous times over the course of his pontificate, all now famous comments about rigid Catholics and the like, but usually he makes a quip then we don't hear much on that front for some time. Lately, it's been very different, with what seems like every opportunity he has, he uses to make this kind of comment in public, and he does so without regret. It's as if he's gearing up for something, perhaps a move against the traditional Latin mass that we've been mostly expecting for some time, and all indications are that it is coming sooner rather than later. I reported earlier this week that he had some not pleasant things to say about traditional Catholics, and Well, I reported that prematurely because, wouldn't you know it, he has more and stronger words for folks like us. So let's have a look at the latest, and please remember to keep him and the rest of the hierarchy in your prayers. Yesterday was the Feast of Saints Peter and Paul, one of the more remarkable days on the liturgical calendar. Francis said a Mass publicly and delivered a homily that made it abundantly clear what he thought of traditional Catholics. Quote, Paul was freed from the religious zeal that made him fierce in upholding the traditions he had received. The formal observation of religion and the sword-wielding of defense of tradition made him rigid, end quote. Yes, upholding the tradition Paul had received was a bad thing, apparently. Now, for those keeping score at home, we all know that the error St. Paul had made was not recognizing our Lord as the Messiah when he came and engaged in his earthly ministry. And his personal battles against the faithful are well documented in the book of the Acts of the Apostles. It appears that Francis is comparing traditional Catholics to St. Paul's pre-road to Damascus life and work, and that is frankly flabbergasting. Gloria TV had a great short piece on this. According to Francis, quote, Like Paul, we are called to be free from the hypocrisies of the external, to be free from religious observance that makes us rigid and inflexible, free from ambiguous links with power and the fear of being misunderstood and attacked, Francis said in his Saints Peter and Paul homily on the 29th of June. That would be yesterday. He loves to oppose form and content, as if they could be separated. Probably due to a certain personal rigidity, Francis went again on his rigidity trip, insisting that Paul was freed from the religious zeal that made him fierce in upholding the traditions he had received. Now, in Catholic spirituality, religious zeal is considered a virtue. For Francis, the formal observation of religion and the sword-wielding of defensive tradition made St. Paul rigid. He is right, and as a matter of fact, St. Paul admonishes the Thessalonians to stand firm and hold to the traditions, which were taught by us, either by word of mouth or by letter. See 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 15. At the Angelus after Mass, Francis recalled that Benedict Sixteenth was ordained a priest 70 years ago. He called him, who frequently receives people and watches television, the contemplative of the Vatican, and thanked him for your witness. Yes, all this happened right around the anniversary of Benedict's ordination in 1951. Now, according to St. Paul's second letter to the Thessalonians, the Apostle writes, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you have learned, whether by word or by our epistle. That seems to conflict with what Francis is saying here, to put it mildly. In fact, holding fast to sacred tradition is a recurring theme in St. Paul's letters, one of many. St. Paul was inflexible. He was rigid. The only flexibility he demonstrated was in letting into the tent of salvation those whom it had never applied to before, those not subject to the old but now broken covenant. And that was because of the incarnation of our blessed Lord and the passing on of his law. The ancient law was never abrogated, only the ancient law of Moses. This is evident as demonstrated in a piece you really should read from Father Dave Nix over at the Padre Pellegrino blog. He posted this piece yesterday, and like the rest of my sources, it's linked directly to in my show notes over at my site, returntotradition.org. That's the name of this site with the .org at the end. Skip past the Patreon pop-up unless you want to become a channel patron, because there is no paywall for my video sources. Father Nix really illustrates St. Paul's dedication to passing on tradition in this piece, which he begins by quoting another letter of St. Paul's, that of the letter to the Colossians. For I delivered unto you first of all which I received. How that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again on the third day, according to the Scriptures, and that He was seen by Cephas, and after that by the eleven. See First Corinthians chapter 15, verses three to five in the Dewey Rams. The Apostle Paul is writing here that he, what he delivered over to the early Christians is exactly what he first received. And this tradition was not just small-T tradition, but big-T tradition. In other words, St. Paul was delivered over divine revelation to others, just as it was given to him by Christ himself. The verb hand over or deliver, there in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3, is in the past perfect conjugation. Strangely, it is the same verb used when Judas sought how he might deliver Christ to the Pharisees in Luke chapter 22, verse 4, but in the subjective tense. But in both St. Paul and St. Luke, one can very much picture a delivering of Christ to another, though obviously the former delivering of Christ's doctrine was good for St. Paul, whereas in St. Luke, the delivering of Jesus to the Pharisees was bad for Judas. St. Paul held firm to the traditions he received and told us to do the same. Father Nix is making the point in his piece that traditional Catholics are the ones most like St. Paul here in that we hold fast to what we receive without demanding innovations to fit our tastes, that we did not seek to make what we received more likable to the world and modern sensibilities. He demonstrates this with the traditional liturgy, which can be traced back to antiquity. But then he says this, quote, I understand certain Catholics ascribe stylistic demerits to traditional Catholics for being arrogant or mean about the ancient faith to which they adhere. I understand why normie Catholics think traditional Catholics are majoring in the minors and things like head coverings when people don't know the basics of the catechism. But the fact is, stylistic points aside... It seems traditional Catholics have the most merit for humility for the simple reason that they have chosen a theology that was not invented in the 1960s. They have accepted what was delivered to them in humility, in matters of faith, morals, and doctrine. And this leads to simplicity and joy, two virtues I'm seeing more and more in the traditional movement. But even without that point of on virtue, I would still assert that traditionalists are the most humble before divine revelation. The fact is that you cannot be humble if you stick with a new theology formed in the 1960s. Why? For one, because it becomes a creativity competition with no roots. There will always have to be a creative spin on the modernistic theology, even if one were to say, but what about all the creative modern popes? Our essay- easy response is, I'll take the preponderance of evidence of how 250 plus popes promoted the traditional Latin mass and St. Thomas Aquinas as it was delivered to them over time. And quote. Now I want to focus on something here. Simplicity and joy. We traditional Catholics are often described as mean and uncharitable, when in reality, as any traditional Catholic will tell you, our parish communities are joy-filled places, with laughing young ones, vibrant community events, and adoration and prayer meetings that are much fuller than many of our so-called ordinary form counterparts. Traditional Catholics are happy to rest in the joys of the faith that had been passed on to us from antiquity. Rigidity has brought us joy, which is quite the opposite of what Francis appears to mean. But what does he want from us? Well, if his example is anything to go by, this week he is meeting with a very devout Catholic Caesar, and by a television personality known for her immodesty. But they take the proper traditions on all of Francis's allies' most important topics— so they get an audience, while the dubia remains unanswered. Cardinal Zen cannot receive a face-to-face meeting with Francis. What well, we know why this antipathy towards traditional Catholics is on full display now. It's traditional Catholics who oppose innovations, and the program of allying the institutions of the Church with the programs of Caesar and the Beast. We've received from Francis especially, but if we're being honest... Throughout the entire post-conciliar period is a greater and greater focus on material works and material conditions of the world to the point that what we have now is a de facto new gospel message being promoted thus why francis is so adamant about breaking from the traditions of the past but i want to remind you of something as well saint paul told us what to do when someone would promote a new gospel and it applies as much today as it did in ancient times during the times of the likes of Arius, or in the early part of the modern era with Luther and Calvin and the rest. And that is this from his letter to the Galatians. Quote, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be anathema. That comes from St. Paul's letter to the Galatians. Chapter 1, verse 8. He literally opens the letter to the Galatians in that way, and if you read that letter, you'll see why. Innovation was something that was being dealt with in a very hard way by the Galatians. And I'll end to you on this. It's a little odd for Francis to use St. Paul to go after the meany-headed trads when St. Paul wasn't an innovator at all. Francis's point is undone by invoking St. Paul. He could have made a better argument by invoking some of the saints that are loved in the conciliar era, folks like St. Therese and others who call for absolute adherence to whatever the Holy Father says, no matter what he says. Their point is countered by the likes, of course, of St. Cajetan and St. Robert Bellarmine, among others, who call for a much more nuanced position that requires us to be aligned with the truth over earthly men, regardless of the position that they hold in the church. And that's kind of the point here that needs to be remembered. We must hold fast to the truth that was given to us, which is all the traditions of the church really are. To break from them is modernism of the worst kind, and we must avoid that at all costs. So don't be dispirited when Francis says these sorts of things. Just remember to pray for him in whatever way you see fit, as long as it has the best interests of his soul in mind. And remember to hold fast to what was given to us. Stay rigid, my friends. But those are my thoughts. What about you? Let me know your thoughts on this in the comments, please, and like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. And as always, pray for the Church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.